Hello, everybody, and welcome to this special edition of the Salt and Light Hour. I hope you're having a beautiful day. I'm Deacon Pedro. Today, we will be playing some of our favorite conversations from the spring of 2021. We begin by speaking with producer Victor Papp about his film Forbidden God, about some of the martyrs of the Spanish Civil War. And then we meet singer-songwriter Molly Morrow. We will then dedicate the whole second half of the show to the group Array of Hope. We will learn about their work, their ministry, and we get to listen to some of their wonderful music. Remember that you can listen to all our programs at slmedia.org podcast. And to comment on what you hear or to ask any questions, you can look for me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. It's Deacon Pedro. You can also email me, pedro, at slmedia.org. We begin now with the martyrs of the Spanish Civil War. What would you do if they came for you? That's a question most of us will never have to answer. In the summer of 1936, at the beginning of the brutal Spanish Civil War, 51 members of a Claritian community were martyred These were only but a few of the more than 6,000 bishops, priests, and religious that were killed during that time of religious persecution. The film, Forbidden God, tells the story of their last weeks. It is a story of temptation, betrayal, courage, fear, perseverance, and faith. And to learn more, I'm now joined by the film's producer, Victor Papp. Victor, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Thank you so much for having me, Deacon Pedro. It's wonderful to be discussing uh, the film Forbidden God and these uh, Claritian martyrs, this uh, incredible story. And I think the only adjective or, or topic you might have uh, just slightly missed, but I think is the umbrella is love. It's really a story. Oh, of yeah. Love. I, yeah. You know what? And I actually was even thinking about, you know, a story because there's a that romance, too. But I thought, you know, if you say love, then people think it's like a romance. And it's really not about that, although there is that element. And that's, uh, I think, for me, one of the more compelling parts of the story. But uh, maybe we're getting we're getting ahead here. And, and I was sort of always excited to have people like you on the show. But then I, you know, reading that introduction, it's I don't want people to think that it's a sad movie, although it's it's not a happy story. I mean, they are martyred. Um, but can we maybe back up? Can you set it up? I mean, I sort of gave a little summary of the story, but can you? Set, set the story up for us a little bit. What what led to the Spanish Civil War? Like, why was there so much hatred for the church? So, sure, I think that's a that's such a broad. Um, yeah, I know. You know, that's such a that's such a big thing to unpack. But uh, let's try. And I think the story is really it's it's a drama. At the end of the day, it's a drama. It's the human drama, and it's you know it shows how our faith, the Catholic faith, is really at the center of all these, you know, major components of civilization, whether it's, um, you know, war, uh, government, politics, uh, love, romance, uh, you know, really our faith is, is something that I think has really brought out, um, you know, the very best of humanity, um, you know, schools and things like that. And so I think if we want to go back and we look at what was happening uh, in the early 20s and 30s uh, in Spain, uh, you know, we have um, this incredible um, kind of rising up even more so of the Catholic Church and the wonderful things that they had introduced. So, for example, they had really um, started to, to polish the education system mm-hmm. uh, in these small villages where where it didn't exist before. Right. Uh, you know, things like hospitals, uh, 
you know, these were relatively, they're very commonplace for us today, yeah. but these were really new ideas that were really taking form and, um, you know, becoming better and better with um, the Catholic Church, uh, really at the helm. And so Forbidden God really takes us to uh, just before this kind of uh, terrible fall uh, in Spain, where we have a number of seminarians who uh, are part of the Claritian uh, ministries, which are, are huge in, in North America, yes. uh, in Canada, the U.S., and, and all over the world. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible, incredible works even today. And these seminarians find themselves... Um, really much as we find ourselves today, looking at uh, religious liberty kind of starting to, to fall by the wayside and, and really giving way to uh, these, these vague ideas of tolerance and equality, things that all sound really great uh, until they're put into practice very nefariously. Yeah, so. it's, and, you know, and, it's, and it's tough because they're given, they're given a choice, you know, come join us or, you know, the one character that, 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 that sort of romantic uh, interest there that he's got a choice. He could go with her and be married and leave, leave the, 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 the Claritians. And I, I guess I'm not going to give out the, give away the ending, but you know. Um, right. It's, well, it's incredible because the tagline for the film uh, is, is kind of a little playful, uh, you know, choosing the priesthood meant sacrifice, but that was the easy part, right? Yeah. And so we kind of think of people being called to the religious, religious life. It's very difficult. Um, you know, I just have a tremendous amount of um, appreciation and admiration for the sisters, uh, you know, the various priests, uh, the deacons, such as yourself. And, you know, th there's a tremendous sacrifice. And to think that the call to religious and accepting that call well, in 1936 uh, in Spain, that's actually the easy part of their existence. It's just profound to consider. Yeah. Uh, and I think we take for granted. And that's why the story, I think, is so important today. Right. Now, the film was originally made in Spanish, correct? Um, Sorry, I was just going to ask, is it based on, were these uh, seminarians, uh, most of them were seminarians, right? Were they writing letters or were there any written transcripts that the film is based on? Oh, yes. Yeah. So this is all factually based. The film was originally released in Spain, in Europe, um, several years back. It's beautifully shot. It's a period mm -hmm. piece. So it does take place in 1936 Spain. And, um, you know, it was done in its original uh, language of, of Spanish, of course. And so, you know, upon seeing the film a few years ago, uh, a number of us in the U.S. thought, to ourselves, this is such a remarkable story, and no one knows this in North America. Yeah. Very few people, I should say. And uh, you know, we're familiar with you know kind of these amazing stories like Lords, uh, and of course, we're hearing about new stories that unfold all the time. With um, you know, uh, even you know, in Medjugorje, certainly those aren't approved apparitions, but there are all kinds of stories that we hear over and over again. But the church is so rich with some of these wonderful stories, you know, recently we celebrated, uh, you know, St. Patrick's Day, uh, yeah. St. Joseph's Feast Day, uh, you know, and people know those stories, but this is about the Claritian martyrs and uh, their fight for religious liberty uh, and what they had to go through, um, you know, is something that's, it's profound and no one knows the story. And so there's, oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to say that there are a couple of Argentinians who, you, who, are portrayed in the film and they are actually the ones who you know quote unquote escape i should say and right because they, they were not spanish that story back um to form the factual basis for this okay film. yeah that's right because they were not spaniard so they were they were not martyred because they were not spanish they were allowed to leave um 
so the film is it dubbed in english i guess yeah, yeah. so the film is dubbed in english uh, you know very well done thank you so it's it's a growing market i think a lot of the content that is now available is starting to become very um international and so uh you, you know i don't want to necessarily plug films that are are, are counter to catholic teaching although this is more you know <laughs> there's a, there's one called money heist in particular which is available on netflix um, you know, it's about a uh, bank robbery and things like that. And there's nothing that's heretical, but it's certainly not something that you'd want to show to yes. uh, the broader yes. audiences. But not in your parish, not at the parish, uh, <laughs> at the parish <laughs> of <Correct>. fall. <laughs> but, but that said, that is a perfect example of a series that was dubbed, you know, shot in one language, dubbed and brought to um, different audiences. And, yeah. and that's kind of the tip of the iceberg. Um, so we were able to do the same thing. We have a, a great team who came together uh, in partnership. And of course, it's a very um, expensive endeavor. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, the result is, I think you saw, um, you, you know, tell. really works well. Thank yeah, you. You, can, you can't tell. Um, you were, you made me think that, that uh, you know, like we might be familiar with all these Catholic stories that you think is like from so long ago. But this story, even though it was 1936, it's still very contemporary. So w w why do you think this story is relevant for people today? North Americans today? Sure. Well, we need only look at last year where there were, I mean, at least in the, the United States, uh, I'm sure that this happened in parts of Canada as well, but uh, the toppling of statues, this idea mm -hmm. that Christopher Columbus, for example, you know, is a, a symbol of, of hatred and bigotry. Um, and, you know, yeah. you have this incredible organization, the Knights of Columbus, uh, you know, who looked at Christopher Columbus as a great leader, a uh, profound man of faith. And, you know, in the film, you know, you look at, at Forbidden God and you see the same people even back then. And this is filmed before last year. Uh, mm -hmm. They're toppling statues. They're burning statues. Uh, and so it's remarkable because you look at the dynamics of the politics and faith and everything that was happening in 1936. It's being replicated in our exact current moment. Uh, between religious liberty, between what's coming up with, um, you know, the uh, these vague ideas that replace the idea of Christianity. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with equality. Uh, we should certainly strive for it. But it, it has kind of taken on its own entity uh, and almost seeks to replace the idea of, you know, worshiping. Mm. Uh, and faith and things like that. So I think it's very relevant um, just on, on kind of those points alone. Yeah, exactly. And not to, I sometimes feel like I don't want to like make people scared that there's, you know, religious persecution, although I guess there's always going to be people that are going to be attacking religion. And maybe that's part of part of what it means to be a Christian, that we're going to be attacked. Um, but it can sort of happen without you. Like these people in Spain did not expect this to happen in France. They didn't expect it to happen. And, you know, the French Revolution with the same thing. So I think it's uh, and it, it's important for us to know the history and to to learn from it and to be inspired by by the by the. The, the, the exactly the, the the witness of these of these young men they were they were young they were student you know university students they were very young and it's incredible because at first uh and this is factually um you know accurate and it would be surprising is um you know as part of their kind of um agreement with the spanish government at the time 
they agreed to participate in military exercises. Yes, that's and right. So the idea was Ridiculous. that the Spanish Republic wanted to have well-trained, um, you know, priests, you know, as, as almost like an auxiliary militia. Mm. And, you know, at the time it seemed perfectly uh, reasonable. Um, you know, it might've been even in today akin to a lot of the chaplains in the military. They, you know, they undergo the, uh, in the U.S. it's the ROTC and things like that. Yeah. So they go through that basic training and there's nothing really, there's nothing wrong with that, of course. And, yeah. um, you know, but you can see how quickly they start going down this path that they didn't anticipate. Yeah. Yeah. So. Fascinating. Anyway, I, I really hope that this conversation uh, is uh, uh, enticing people, encouraging them to, to go find the film um, Forbidden God. I, I'm sure that uh, as it gets released, I know you're, you're releasing it slowly, various platforms, um, that people will, will be able to find it and, uh, and uh, um, be able to watch it because it's uh, absolutely a, a, a very well done film and it's a beautiful yeah. story. It looks remarkable. We originally had a couple of theatrical screenings. We may continue to go down that path. Um, I think right now people are excited that they can find it on Amazon Prime. Mm -hmm. uh, it looks beautiful. I mean, it's an, it's a gorgeously shot, um, you know, very well executed film. Uh, and hopefully we'll, we'll bring it to broader audiences. I, I don't want to make any big reveals uh but uh, hopefully it'll be coming to canadian audiences quite soon excellent yeah so if people look it up forbidden god they'll, they'll find it victor thank you so much for uh for coming on and, and telling us about this film um and i i hope that more good things are coming from your team because th this one's really good so thank you for sharing it with us today thank you deacon pedro Victor Papp is the producer of Apparition Hill. His latest film, Forbidden God, is now streaming on Amazon Prime, and uh, you'll find it also on other platforms. Just uh, look, look it up, Forbidden God. If you missed any part of this conversation or to listen to the rest of the show, just go to our website, slmedia.org. Here now is Molly Morrow with Enough from her album, Lead Me. Blood and
That was Molly Morrow with Enough from her album, Lead Me. Molly Morrow began writing songs when she was 12 years old, but it wasn't until she attended Franciscan University that she felt truly called to writing music. When she's not working as a worship leader for Be Love Revolution, she can be found writing songs and leading worship at retreats and conferences. After a successful 2018 Kickstarter campaign, Molly released her debut EP, Lead Me, in January 2019. And as you've been hearing, it is a collection of songs that all come from a place of prayer and scripture. And I'm sorry that it's taken me this long to get her on the program, but better late than never. So I'm very happy to say that Molly Morrow is joining us now on the program. Molly, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. So um, you went to Franciscan. You were you? Did you grow up Catholic? Were you were you always Catholic? Yeah, I grew up Catholic uh, my whole life. One of seven kids. Oh wow! Um, lived in a very yeah second youngest. So okay. <laughs> one Just of the spoiled. babies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In of sorts. <laughs> so, um, and the faith was very um, present in my family life. My parents definitely yeah. gave it to us um, from the very beginning and lived it um, very vigorously and yeah. faithfully. And they actually had, a, you know, their big conversions through Franciscan conferences as well. Okay, so, so it, yeah, so that's it runs in the family. Was, yeah. it, was it very, very musical as, as well as a family or, or are you the outlier there? Yeah, not so much. My parents don't really, um, some of my siblings like can sing, but don't really do much with it. My sister sings, um, but I was the only person in the family that kind of followed the path of a musician um, post post a young child. Yeah. (laughs) And are you, did you end up at Franciscan U because you wanted to, (laughs) or did you feel like family pressure? Are you the only uh, of your siblings that ended up going to Franciscan U? No. So I am the sixth of seven to go there. So everybody in my family has gone, not my parents, but my oldest sister was the first and my parents really wanted us to go there. So she went and everybody kind of just followed behind. At first I was like, I don't really want to because, you know, all my siblings have been there and Mm -hmm. I, you know, went to school, high school near there. And, but then once I realized, um, it felt like home to me. Then Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't really, I never applied to any other school. And I was like, this is, this feels like home to me. And I know for whatever reason, this is where I'm supposed to be. Had you been to Steubenville conferences, I guess in high Mm -hmm. school. Yeah. Yep. I had been in high school. Um, All my siblings had been in high school as well. So So, I knew what it was all about. And and I know you're, you're also kind of do work or affiliated somehow with renewal ministry. So was it a very charismatic kind of upbringing for you and your family? Yeah, my parents, yeah, because the Steubenville Conference has kind of got in touch with the charismatic renewal and just that whole spirit. And um, I was definitely raised partially with like worship music, but definitely mm-hmm. got more into it once I was at Franciscan myself. Yeah. So, so yeah. would you say, sorry, what did you study at, at Franciscan? I studied psychology. So, oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is going to lead into talking about music. Uh, let's talk about psychology. Um, why did you study psychology? I wanted to be a mental health counselor. I wanted okay. to work um, with people who had trauma therapy. So that was my like goal day one. And then the Lord had different plans. I, I did my psychology degree and then um, I was about to do my master's um, at Franciscan as well. Uh-huh. Uh, when I got offered the job I have now. Okay. And, so and that's, decided, yeah. 
and that's the job with Be Love Revolution. And I'm I'm ashamed to say I'd never heard about I've heard of Renewal Ministries, but I'd never yeah. heard of Be Love Revolution. Tell us about that. Yeah. So Be Love Revolution, we're under Renewal Ministries. Yes. So we are a ministry within the mm-hmm. larger renewal. Um, so the tagline for Be Love Revolution is Be His, Be Free, Be Love. And mm-hmm. we're a ministry for high school girls. Okay. And so we have a staff of, I think, four full-time girls, young adult women. And then we have like four interns right now as well. Mm-hmm. And our whole goal is to be based where we are in the community where we are of Ann Arbor mm-hmm. and to teach the girls a relationship with Jesus, discipleship. Yeah community and we have bible studies we have worship nights we have small groups for each grade great so many different things and it's really based on that one-on-one mentorship with the Mm -hmm. girls Mm -hmm. um, just walking with them through high school through the difficulties of what a high school life can bring nowadays what a blessing so you're doing that full-time now worship Mm -hmm. you're the worship leader at beloved revolution full-time um i guess i guess the psychology comes in handy than if you're working with high school girls and kind of walking. Yeah, with them. it definitely has served me well, kind of learning that relational work and mm. that side of things. Um, just understanding how to approach girls, no matter, you know, what's going on in their life mm. and just being a presence there for them. So. Yeah. Do you see that your music, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I don't get the sense that music you know, like recording is such a, a priority in your life right now. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and we can talk about that. But, but yeah. do you feel that, that the music that you've written or the way you're using your songs now is part of that to sort of help encounter not just women, but I mean, people and kind of where mm-hmm. they're at and, and help? <laughs> I hate to say, I mean, the album is called Lead Me to help them yeah. find that sort of yeah. Christ leading them somewhere, helping them. Yeah, for sure. I think mostly that comes from like, you know, obviously those songs are like prayers and are, are from that like relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. So I think those songs have helped me um, learn how to express that in a way and also be able to like guide other people into that for sure. So I think that's definitely been a huge help in like where I am and um, yeah, helping others kind of learn that path. Is it was that your experience with kind of getting to a place where you needed to just surrender and trust and let God lead you somewhere. Is that where the title of the album comes from? Yeah, for sure. That kind of mostly was born out of um, just lead me with my relationship with the Lord. Cause Mm -hmm. I was in a place where I was like, you know, my heart was slowly being converted and I was knowing him in a deeper and deeper way. Um, And I just really wanted him to lead me where he wanted me to go, whatever that looked like and like Mm -hmm. deeper into who he was. And I didn't want to have like my own preconceived notions of what my relationship with him was going to look like. Um, I wanted it to be very led by him. And then that turned into being led into, you know, where am I going in my life? What do you want me? What do you have for me? Um, Because I just want whatever that is, you know, not whatever my plan is. So there was a lot of surrender with my, you know, career path change (laughs) post-college thinking I was going one way and then going another. So um, it was kind of a mixture of things, both spiritually and just the path of my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are you still writing? Is there another album in there somewhere? I mean, I know you have more songs. I'm still writing. There there are songs that didn't make it into the EP. So I guess that there could be another EP, but are you still writing? Yes. Right. I am still writing for sure. Um, 
yeah in terms of recording kind of waiting on the lord to see what yeah. he wants me to do with that because i i've always been wary of just releasing stuff just to put something out there mm-hmm. um or just to put music out into the world but i really wanted to make sure that it's what god wants others to hear and that it's the right step for me because the first one was that and so i was like i don't want to ever make this um something where i'm just trying to put something out because i feel like i'm supposed to do or the timing should be right mm-hmm. quote unquote I really want this to be what Jesus wants, whatever that is. And so if he wants me to wait, then I'll wait. If he wants me to release something, I'll release it. So kind of just waiting on him and seeing what he wants. Yeah. And you're, I mean, you're blessed that you, you don't have to worry about that for an income that you, you do have a job that allows you to do what you love and use your talents. Mm -hmm. Um, For sure. And I guess when the, as you say, it allows you to be able to, to be open to wherever God leads Mm -hmm. you in that sense. For Um, sure. Molly, it's been really good meeting you. I'm so glad I stumbled upon you. you um, <laughs> and uh, I love the music. I love your voice. Um, there's there's great talent there. So I do hope that there's more to come from you, but I'm willing to wait. Um, there will be. <laughs> um, so good to meet you. And thank you. Thank you for sharing with us a little bit about you today. Of course. Thank you for having me. It's been such a blessing to talk with you. You can find Molly Marrow on whatever social media platforms you use. You can listen to the album Lead Me on Spotify. You can download it off iTunes and you can find out more about Be Love Revolution at their website, which is really easy, beloverevolution.com. Here now to take us out is Molly Marrow with Surrendering from her debut album Lead Me. Feel half my heart with an unrelenting grip Trying to extinguish my hope So I'm looking for the king to release me Why am I surprised that it's in your
listening to Molly Morrow with Surrendering from her album, Lead Me. This is a special best of edition of the Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. You can check us out at eselmedia.org slash podcast. Welcome to the Salt and Light Hour part two. I'm Deacon Pedro. I think that all of us who work in parishes or are involved in parish life can appreciate the need for groups that you can bring to lead a retreat or a parish mission. I think every year for Advent and Lent, parishes are looking for those parish mission opportunities. Most of the time we can find a really good speaker, but it's not always that we can find a whole package deal with speakers, presenters, music, heck, the whole show. That's what Array of Hope provides. Well, that's how Array of Hope began. Now they've grown into a full-blown ministry that creates not only high-quality events that you can bring to your parish, but also high-quality films and music. And to tell us all about it, I am now joined by Mario Costabile. He's the executive director and founder of Array of Hope. Mario, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Hello, how are you? So great to be here with you. It's good. Yes, it's good to have you. Um, after all, I've heard about Array of Hope so many years ago when you guys were beginning. Wow. And it's so exciting to see how it's evolved. And I know I know that a lot of it has had to do with the reality of last year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But let's start at the beginning. How did Array of Hope begin? Well, uh, by trade, I'm a music and film producer, and um, I've been doing that for about 40 years. And, and the beginning of Array of Hope sort of aligned or correlated with my desire to know Christ mm-hmm. better and to understand the Catholic Church. So that's a whole nother interview. Uh, but right. <laughs> uh, in, in short form, essentially, um, I was uh, being called uh, to share my gifts with the church uh, because I felt that uh, I, I could make a difference in conveying the beauty of what the church is. And that's through media, through events, mm-hmm. through concerts, through music. So I took what I did in the secular world and sort of did the same thing with the Catholic message. So we would create uh, our first event was at a, you know, a regular uh, parish gymnasium. Uh, and we went in there with lighting and sound and effects and screens and kind of like, you know, really tried to make a very uh, impression, a big impression Mm -hmm. with a lot of visuals and stimulus to get them to really get their attention, but then reveal the beauty of the faith through witness, through sharing. Uh, And it kind of snowballed. And and as we experienced more audiences, we developed and harnessed the message or rather the conduit of the message a little bit more tighter uh, and became very deliberate in how we uh, shared the faith. Uh, We developed themes Mm -hmm. through our events. And then we started to get involved in retreats and confirmation retreats. So that was sort of like the first few years of Array of Hope and how it started. Yeah. And I want to get into that in a little bit more, but I'm curious about the name Array of Hope. Ah. Where does that title come from? Uh, not too many people ask that. And, and it's it's more uh, of the way it's spelt, actually. It's A-R-R-A-Y. Right. Um, the idea came from, uh, we were playing with words. And I know that from understanding equipment from, uh, from my music background is that an array uh, of speakers, let's say, in a concert setting. Right. There's a multiple of speakers that work in tandem to create a unified sound. So my idea was, 
we're all individuals, right? We're all our own separate speaker. But if we all work together, we can really proclaim a united front, essentially the body of Christ, right? Okay. Uh, and, and all be united as a church. So it's right. kind of like a hidden meaning. Not many people ask that, but uh, I'm glad you did because essentially we are all on the same journey, right? We're all together to try to seek and find who God is. And, and we're all going to end up hopefully, you know, in heaven. Yes. Uh, and our mission here on earth is to get one another uh, to, to salvation, right? Yeah. So uh, that was the idea of a ray of hope. And I said, you know, this means this is cool. Mm. And the idea of hope is that hope is that something that is promised to us by Christ. You know, uh, everyone thinks mm -hmm. that we're, let's, let's hope that the, the Mets win the Super Bowl. Let's hope that the Giants win, I'm sorry, the yeah. Mets win the World Series. <laughs> The Giants win the Super Bowl. Uh, but the idea, the the true meaning of the virtue of hope is that we're we're trusting in God's promises that are going to be revealed and come true. Yeah. So uh it's a combination of things, but that's sort of the idea. I love that. God to be united with God, that yep. we're all going to be do this together, and we yeah. believe that it's going to happen and need to trust. Yes, I love that. I'm glad I asked because I, I had not thought of that connection between an array of speakers, mm. and that is so true, of course hope kind of captures your mission i think what you hope to do so with all these offerings that i wanted to ask you about so i know the you have the array of hope concert that you started with yeah um but you also are producing films and music so you have retreats yeah. so can you tell us quickly if i went to kind of if i went through the menu if i wanted to bring sure. an event to my parish what what is there yeah so when when covid hit in march uh, of last year uh, on average, we did somewhere between 40 to 50, 55 events a year. And when COVID hit, that all went away. Mm. So we had to figure it out as an organization how we can still exist and be relevant in the church and help the church. So we developed this virtual platform that really mimics, almost emulates to a T, the live interactive experience that Array of Hope would bring to a parish or a diocese or a theater. So really how yeah. people could bring us in today right now is through our virtual platform, which is music, witness. Uh, we engage with them. We have a virtual stage, not, not really that much different than the way you and I are talking. The people uh -huh. go into a virtual green room and we bring yeah. them in live to the event. So uh, it's really exciting. And in that way, we are doing uh, concerts, retreats, missions, mm. Lent retreats, all that kind of stuff. And the exciting thing is that we're doing them all over the country. So we can certainly serve Canada... Uh, yes, absolutely. But we don't even have to get on a plane or drive. Exactly. I can imagine that it's much more affordable for parishes. That's right. That's right. And and you really would get a good sense of the array of hope experience. Mm. So so all the all the offerings that you have, the retreats, the 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 family of hope package, all that stuff, it is now available virtually. 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 It, yeah. Yeah. So I think that people are now used to sort of that virtual reality. They understand what you mean. So it's accessible. It's easy to uh, to make work. Is it affordable? How much would something like that cost for a parish? Yeah, yeah it, it really, it has, uh, our, um, our arrangement hasn't really changed. Before COVID, we would set up a stipend or an mm -hmm. agreement that, uh, what, you know, that would... Um, uh, that we would agree upon, and then Ray of Hope will go mm -hmm. in and do it. Uh, today, though, there's a lot of parishes that really can't afford uh, the number that we might need to at least yeah. break even because we are a nonprofit. So what we we developed a plan that it's like a per person or per family registrant, and what okay. we do is we co-op 
a multiple of parishes and or dioceses together yeah. to an event to make it work. So like, for okay. example, last week we did uh, an event, I think it was a confirmation retreat, and we had kids from uh, New York, uh, Boston, mm. California, Texas, and Florida, and I think a couple of other states all in one spot. Nice. And it actually creates another opportunity for kids and, and parents to interact yeah. via chat and they're sharing. So, um, so in answer to your question, uh, it's either a, a, a stipend, yep. a set of okay. agreement, or a per person yes. rate. That's yeah. nominal. You know, that's like fifteen dollars, mm-hmm. twenty dollars a person. Yes, something that everyone yeah. could afford. Thank you for saying that. And I'm glad, again, those opportunities that we'd have never thought of that you can now have a retreat with young people from New York and okay. California all together. And, and that's a great way to to spread the wealth and share the cost. Um, and I might, and not to interrupt, but yeah. it, it would be awesome if we did a retreat with Canadians huh. and from the States. That would be fun. That I mean, I would, would be absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I'll make sure I'll, uh, I'll pass on the message. Pass, pass yes. on the message. There are parishes everywhere looking for the same kind of thing. So you have your team. You mentioned it's a nonprofit. Part of your team also involves, like, you know, you have your spiritual advisors or or Mm -hmm. theologians. So the whole content, it's all not, it's not just Mario's theology. It's it's all very in sync with the church. You have your approval of your bishop. Um, How? I think that, I think in a little bit when we, when we were going to be speaking with two of your presenters, and musicians, Jack and Lauren, um, one of the questions I have for them is kind of sort of understand how how the content comes together. Um, uh, so maybe sure. maybe I'll let them answer that question because that's something I'm curious about, but it's important for people to know that that you're completely supported by by your ordinary, by your bishop. Sure. You're not uh, just sort of a fringe yeah, uh, yeah. fringe group on, uh, of the church. So it's totally bona fide. It, you're approved by your diocese, and, and so it's approved for the whole country. Uh, absolutely, and uh, we're endorsed by many bishops, uh, mm. and uh, we, we have a, a governing board. Uh, we just brought in. Uh, it's funny that you should mention. It's it's not it's not my, you know, my program. I mean, uh, really, we follow the Catechism of the Catholic Church. We mm-hmm. follow the the doctrine mm-hmm. uh, and the tradition of the Catholic Church, and we brought in a director of theology, mm. a doctorate yes. in theology. And uh, Dr. David Heideck has really bumped up the really the content level in our organization over the past year uh, tenfold. Yeah. So we have a podcast, mm-hmm. and we you know we're interviewing all well-known presenters and theologians across the country, uh, and we wouldn't be able to do that without right. him uh, because I'm not a theologian, uh, and nor do I have any training uh, in theology. Uh-huh. I mean, I was brought to this really through inspiration. Uh, through the Holy Spirit, and I said, well, you know, I'm going to be obedient to this calling and and go for it uh, and allow God to work in me uh, that uh, what I say is is what he wants me to say. Yes, no, wonderful, and that's a great partnership because you bring in the whole professional production side, and that's important. Mm -hmm. The medium is the message, you know, right? So without the medium, you can't, that that message is is a lot harder to convey that message. Um, Mario, I want to take a little break here. We're going to play a song, but for anybody tuning in at this point, I'm speaking with Mario Castabile. He's the executive director of Array of Hope. You can check out their website, arrayofhope.net, but we're going to continue with Array of Hope uh, as two of their presenters and musicians will be joining us now, Jack Gardno and Lauren Castabile. But first, let's, um, 
Mario, we're going to play a song. Oh. So this is If I Could See Through Your Eyes from the wonderful, talented team from Array of Hope. That was a ray of hope with If I Could See Through Your Eyes. And as I'm sure you figured out from our previous conversation, music is a huge part of a ray of hope. What they do could not be done without great music. And so to tell us more about the music side of what they do, and so you can get a sense of the kind of people that are behind the music and presenting at all the Array of Hope events, Mario and I are now joined by Lauren Costabile and Jack Garneau, two of the presenters and musicians uh, Jack, Lauren, welcome. Welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Hi. Thanks for, so, having, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Okay, I think disclaimer right off the top, we should say, Lauren, you are Mario's daughter. Yes. So that people aren't trying to figure out how you got involved. But I am curious, how sure. did you guys get involved? Was this like, were you already doing music? Maybe I'll start with Jack, actually. How did you get involved since you're not part of the family? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I've been a, 
a musician all my life. I, I've, I've played guitar pretty much all my life, and uh, yeah. I, I, I went to school for audio engineering and, and music production. Okay. And I was freelancing uh, for a while out of college, um, performing and, and engineering. Mm -hmm. And my uh, our video editor here, actually, Nick, I had grown up with him, Ooh. and he was actually my confirmation sponsor. Oh, my gosh. Uh, believe it or not. And um, we reconnected uh, after we both got out of college. And he he had been working up here for a ray of hope as the video editor. Okay. And uh, he knew I played guitar, and Mario and the band was looking for a guitarist. Mm -hmm. So uh, Nick brought me up here to audition one day, and I guess I yeah. made the cut. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> and so I, I, I was involved for a couple of years just on the events, playing playing okay. guitar. And then uh, after a couple of years, um, Mario asked me to uh, come on as the production manager okay. to handle all of the music production and audio assets. So uh, thanks be to God. I'm, I'm very blessed to yeah. be able to you know be here doing doing what I love for such an amazing organization yeah. and for the glory of God. Amazing, so. amazing. Yeah, it's great when all your talents and gifts come together. Um, yeah. Lauren, let me ask you, because um, Jack mentioned that he was a presenter, but he's also a musician, and now he's production manager. So there's a team. Tell me about that team. We know you have the boss, you know, Mr. Mario, the executive director, but mm -hmm. then there's a production team, the presenters. Tell me a little bit about how all that works. Who works for Array of Hope? Sure. It's a, it's a fun uh, team of like a bunch of just faith-filled, joyful um, yep. young adults. Um, well, my dad <laughs> and my dad. Um, <laughs> in heart, in spirit. <laughs> yes, at heart. <laughs> no, but I think, I think uh, it's really cool because there are so many different people on the team. So we have the presenters um, that speak at the events. We have the music team. We also have, you know, social media team and marketing mm. and all these different uh, facets of what we do. Uh, but the beautiful thing is that we can all take our gifts and talents um, and kind of recognize that and work together um, to create this, uh, yeah, like beautiful team uh, for the glory of God. So it is a super fun environment to work in uh, because everyone is really calling each other higher mm. uh, within the context of the ministry, um, just as individuals. And then when you bring us together, I mean, it's it's just really something very beautiful. Yeah. One, well, it sounds like it is. So Jack, so when you guys are, let's say, writing a song, like let's say one of the songs we just heard, how does that process, like do you mm -hmm. get the musicians kind of get together? Do you have anyone who is like the composer or is that also yeah, a team I, effort? I, I, Mario is is the main composer of the music. Um, oh, yeah. Mario, um, good. And I know some of the some of the music uh, as as we heard earlier, if you if I could see through your eyes, that's a that's a combination of Mario and 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 I, I know Lauren um, contributed to the lyrics there. So it's, okay. it's a combination. But musically, Mario does most of the writing. And and uh, ever since I hopped on board, he'll he'll uh, we'll work together uh, to start an idea. He'll um, lay down some of the keyboard parts, some of the ideas, some of the guitar parts, a uh, drum beat and say, here, Jack, this is this is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm working with. And, uh, you know, maybe just polish it up a little bit, throw mm -hmm. some of your your own spin on it bring it back to me and so i bring it back to mario and and we continue to work on it we bring in our vocalists um we bring in uh drums uh i'll, I'll play bass on a song 
play guitar okay. on a song um yeah. and that's that's how it comes together and and right and, yeah and and lauren do you guys have like a band i know that there's a there's a six of you that are yeah. presenters but i guess there's a whole band behind you yeah so there's uh there's six of us presenters but we're also we're all the band as well oh, okay. so singers musicians and just to piggyback on what jack said uh we do have writing sessions and times where we get together um, as the mm -hmm. band as well, um, in addition to my dad writing mm -hmm. things also. Um, and I think we're able to, um, yeah, take our own experiences or things that are inspiring us and bringing it to the table of saying, hey, you know, this is something I just experienced. I think people really um, need to know about this or they need to, you know, it could help them in their own faith walk, something that maybe I experienced or another band member, and we kind of collaborate in yeah. that sense. Um, as well because it is a team effort like we uh -huh. said before so it's it's very cool because everyone has their own story and their own walk of faith so how yes. that kind of flows together um mm -hmm. yeah and how that comes out how everyone plays their own individual role but we're stronger together, exactly so. and of course that array that that mario was, yeah. was talking yeah. about in the previous interview and i i just want to add something to that too you know although i've been doing this kind of production my whole life um, I'm very reliant on the team because I believe in peer to peer ministry and these guys are young, you know, I might be able to write a song or create something, but you know, Jack really brings it to the whole nother level and, and brings it to a youthful, uh, you know, to a, a sound that's, you know, relevant and contemporary where, you know, I'm still, my head's still in the seventies and the eighties, you know what I mean? Yeah. So is mine. <laughs> yeah. So compositionally, you know, I can do that, but I think, uh, you know, Jack is really, developed and really brought things to a whole nother level which mm. i'm really excited about and I, I enjoy that so much and so uh the team is really uh all compri yeah. comprised of you know everyone really contributing in a very unique beautiful right. way. right now lauren would you i mean you mentioned that you guys you you play the instruments as well so was that something that you wanted to do growing up did a ray of hope already exist when you were growing up that you thought oh that's what i want to do when i grow up yeah, it's funny. I sing. So actually, I think I'm the only one that does play an instrument on the team. Uh, the black, the black <laughs> okay. sheep of the family here. It's okay. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we all, um, like I said, kind of bring our own gifts and talents. But growing up, my whole family was always musical. So yeah, I think I was kind of born into a ray of hope in a sense, um, mm. which is awesome and so much fun uh, music has always been a huge part of our family a huge part of our faith um right. and yeah to be able to do that like with our family and now everyone that comes along becomes we say like part of the family mm -hmm. um but uh yeah i think it's funny how we've been given gifts and talents and we don't always see that god wants to use them maybe we want to use them for our own selfish purposes or for yeah. things that plans that maybe we thought we had but it's been really beautiful to see, okay, no, you know, I tell myself that like, God has given me these gifts and talents and he wants me to use them for his purpose. But no, mm. I didn't know that we would be doing this. I don't think, mm. I think my dad could tell you the same that, uh, that's, I mean, maybe to some regard with music. Yeah. But with the faith, but that's how God works when you're yes. willing to say yes to what he's asking Amen. you. That's he surprises you in really awesome ways. Mm, absolutely. I, I love how the whole collaboration, and I presume that that's also how you come up with a content that's not music. So uh, maybe with just one yes. last question, is there someone, if there's someone listening in a parish and they're thinking, this is exactly what my parish needs, like this content, 
would you create content that's specific so you can work with the parish with that person to create content that is very specific to the needs of the people who I guess who are hiring you is that something that you would do maybe Mario wants to answer yeah I mean we have um, I call them modules we have sort of set sort of approaches and, and subject matters that we okay, handle right. but often people will ask us well you know we want to talk about the social teachings of the mm. Catholic Church or we want to talk about the importance of you know what to do during Lent so we could certainly modify okay. things to accommodate a parish right or a, a diocese and we kind of do that all the time so uh, we sort of have our template and then we make adjustments okay and I presume like Lauren was saying it's always it's always always growing because everybody's bringing in their own experiences and I'm sure a lot there's a lot of growth in the last year I'm sure yeah absolutely okay guys so this has been super super great I'm so happy to have all three of you it's not usual that I have three people on at the same time um, but thank you for those <laughs> listening uh, we just spoke with Mario Costabile the executive director of Array of Hope and with him were Jack Garno and Lauren Costabile from Array of Hope you can learn more about Array of Hope and find out how you can bring their events virtual or not because it's not going to be virtual forever to your parish or community at their website arrayofhope.net and if you missed any part of our conversation or to listen to the rest of the program you can stream or podcast all our Salt and Light Hour programs on our website slmedia.org slash podcast here now is a ray of hope with Rise Up Rise Up, and that will take us to the end of this special edition of the Salt and Light Hour. Remember to check us out at slmedia.org. That's where you can listen to all our Salt and Light Hour programs, and you can also watch all our other programs. You can also find out about our new app, SL Plus. That's where you can watch all our TV programs and our TV live stream at slmedia.org. You can also, at that website, find out everything you need to know about Salt and Light Media and how you can support our ministry. 
I'd love to hear from you. You can send me a note. Email me, pedro at esomedia.org. You can also find me on all social media platforms. Just look for Deacon Pedro. Thank you for being with us today. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been a special best of edition of the Salt and Light Hour. <laughs>